0: Welcome, everybody, to the Mongols' Premier League show. I'm Mike. With me is Josh. Kev is at a work conference. So joining us in his place is a blast from the past of Pittsburgh soccer podcasting. Actually, I guess it's it's all of USL pro podcasting from the Reckless Challenge Procast that Josh used to uh, to host along with him, Mr. Ben Cole. Ben, welcome to the show. You make me feel
1: old. <laughs> you make
2: me feel very old. How many years ago did we do the Procast? Was it like three years ago now? Well, let me count the hairs on my gray hairs on my <laughs> beard. Uh,
1: yeah, I want to say it was three years. Yep, yep.
2: That was back when they were called USL Pro. So it's been a couple of years. <laughs> so uh, no, so- that was that was a really good time. Uh, we
1: we were able to to cover that whole season and cap it off with the the what the Orlando shellacking of uh, Charlotte. So that was good. <laughs> yeah,
2: and that was their last season before they went up to MLS. I think our second to last season before they went yeah. up to MLS. So that was pretty cool. Yeah.
0: So Ben, tell, uh, tell all listeners a little bit about yourself, what you've been up to in the past three years, uh, who your team is, all, all that fun stuff.
1: Well, um, after uh, we decided to hang up the proverbial uh, clipboard for the procast, um I've been taking a little bit of break from podcasting, so this is a, uh, a a nice surprise to to come back and and dust off the microphone. I literally had to find it in the uh, storage locker today, <laughs> um, which was a a, a wonderful uh, journey to to say the least. Um, but no, uh still connected to the the soccer for USL. Um I am the game day jumbotron operator for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. So I like to say that I have the best seat in the house. <laughs> um so been able to do the Riverhounds games for the last few years. Um also was the president of the Steel Army for what was it, Josh? A year and a half, two years?
2: Yeah, I think you were president for two years. Yep. So that was a lot of fun.
1: Um so very proud to say that I am a Pittsburgh Riverhound supporter. Uh, also proud to say that I'm a Liverpool supporter. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I had
2: something in my throat. I know, I know. I just, I know. I'm we'll good. Go
1: and if we're going outside of Premier League, I'll go Roma as well.
2: Ooh, so, nice.
1: I've got, I've got family over in Rome, and, and, and they're more on the Roma side as opposed to the Lazio side. So I'm pretty happy to say that I also root for those guys too. So.
0: Well, that's awesome. We're we're thrilled to have you. And uh, unfortunately, we're not going to talk about much Roma on this show. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, unless unless <laughs> unless you want to. I mean, you're welcome to just go off on a on a you know tyrant about uh, about Roma. But instead, Sweet. let's let's dive in and uh, let's talk a little bit of Premier League action here. And we'll start with your other team, Liverpool. Um, mm. Yeah, Palace versus Liverpool this past weekend. Liverpool with the four to two win. Ben, I'm just going to start with you, man. What it, what it, as a Liverpool fan, how, how are you feeling after this match?
1: Um, I breathed a very large sigh of relief. Um, whenever we play Palace, uh, since they've come back up into the Premier League, uh, it seems like they always have our number, especially at uh, Selhurst Park. Um, my sister-in-law spent a little bit of time over in London studying abroad, and Palace was the team that she actually got to go see so I was really excited about that. But then I realized, oh, crap, we have to play this team in the Premier League. I can't like them anymore. And then it just <laughs> snowballed from there. Um, it, it, it was a good game. Um, I love it that we do have our defensive hiccups every now and again. Um, Dejon Lovren needs to be decapitated in the middle of Anfield, I think, next home game before uh, <laughs> pregame ceremonies. Um, and... Just, just the, just the way that he played. I, I he had a, a tough, very minute five minutes with that first goal, and then he, uh, gave, gave in the first equalizer. So, um, outside of that, uh, defensive struggles left and right. Um, I don't like Alberto Moreno as well. I think it might be a two for one special with uh, Lovren and then Moreno. <laughs> so, um, but, offensive wise. Uh, I think there's still a couple of hiccups every now and again. Um, Monet, I think tried too hard this game and this was the first time that I have seen him try way too hard. Every other game, it seems like it just absolutely comes naturally to him that the ball just comes to his feet. He makes the perfect cross or he receives the ball right where he needs to be, makes the goal. And I think he just realized, okay, I need to possibly play
0: it seems like the first few games of the season, he was, or not even the first few games. I think up to this point, he's been a bit on fire. Um, you know, especially for those who play, you know, fantasy, he's always been one of those players where it's like, if you can afford him, he's a great player to have. But as of late, it seems like,
1: I think his value has gone down after this game.
0: Yeah. It's just that his, you know, it's, I think it's like you said, he's, he's trying too hard. Like you could tell that there were a few times that he got, he had, you know, wide open shots and he's putting them over the crossbar. He's putting them wide. And it just, we've talked about before how uh, when you're playing in an offensive position, so much of it is mental. And if, if something just isn't clicking mentally, it's so hard to get out of that rut. And it just seems like, you know, there are other players like, um, you know, son over at, uh, um, over at Spurs where it's the same thing. He was so hot at the beginning of the season. And now it's just something isn't there. And, yeah, I, I I don't know what, what the deal is with Mane. Um, but, uh, you know, the rest of the team definitely, they're not hurting because oh no. of, of his struggle. Um, oh, no. This is definitely the most entertaining team to watch offensively. Um, it's, you know, basically, a, I'll, I'll even go so far as saying it's a joy to watch them play offensively. Um, you know, we, we've talked about before about Coutinho sort of being the guy, and again, he's another one. The beginning of the season started off really hot, and then he sort of faded away. I mean, this was a game where he just looked head and shoulders above anybody else on the field. And
1: he didn't score. Um, and he didn't score exactly. That's was... the that's the thing that just absolutely blows my mind. Is he was just all over the place. He helped out in two goals, and he didn't even make one.
2: Yeah, he like was that. instrumental the whole game, and I felt like he was he was definitely making the plays that kept him you know that momentum going forward. It was it was awesome to actually see him perform. I think the last two games he's actually been pretty pretty good. Ben, do you
0: think this is is this is sustainable for for Coutinho?
1: honestly, I don't. Yeah, I I think this is sustainable. I think this is a par for the course, Coutinho. Um, He's always been one to consistently do well. I mean, he's never going to get the armband. I don't think he's going to be a captain um, just for one reason or another. But he's got that leadership up there. He's got a vision. He knows what he needs to do, he knows where his players are all the time. That's why we always see these spectacular passes from him. And whenever he actually decides to shoot, a, uh, make a shot on and actually score a goal, it's just as beautiful. So, I think that th- we're going to see a lot of good things coming from Coutinho moving forward into this season, and hopefully for as long as his contract stays to Liverpool. I don't want to see him go anytime soon.
0: I was going to say, after this performance, there are some people that were speculating online that... If he keeps playing like this, you know, there's there's going to be some suitors that are going to come calling. Uh, it's it's hard to think of, you know, clubs that are bigger than Liverpool, but, you know, the Real Madrid's come to mind and the Barcelona's come to mind and I mean, do you do you think that there's any merit to that? Do you think he would realistically consider leaving?
1: Um I want to say maybe, um but if if Jurgen Klopp has anything to say about it, I I think that he's going to pin him down for as long as he can. Um, we've seen some players that Klopp has favored less of, and it's obviously shown. Um, but I think Coutinho is one of those players that not only does he like just as a person, but also as a player. I mean, I don't think you can really offload Coutinho, uh, anytime soon. I don't think you can put him on the bench. Um, Yeah, it is a revolving door of good players left and right for Liverpool right now. But I think Coutinho is that keystone. He's that linchpin. If you don't have him on there, you're going to struggle a little bit more. You might not get that goal instantaneously. You're going to get that goal, but it's going to take a little bit
0: longer. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where, you know, Kevin's mentioned this ad nauseum, but the fact that Liverpool aren't in Champions League, you know, you don't have that situation like, you know, City is running into where you have to figure out some rotation of players because you just can't be playing players constantly. And so the longer that Coutinho is in the lineup with a consistent set of guys, which they've been building towards and they continue to have, the more, (laughs) again, I don't want to overhype this, but the more magic you're going to see on the field just from them gelling so much.
1: Oh, yeah. I I love it that that Liverpool doesn't have any uh, European play this year, so we can actually focus on the domestic cups that we can actually focus on the league. I, I, I know that we have such a, a rich and long drawn out history of European soccer five times. We've won it. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I want to win the league. I <laughs> want to win the league, brag, man.
2: You know. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Everton. Uh, okay. We'll get there. Oh. We'll get there. We'll get there. One so- thing, I mean, not to be kind of pushing on this a lot, but Kevin has kind of shown or said that he doesn't think they have an issue defensively. What are your thoughts on defense? You, I mean, because they let in a lot of goals. I mean, overall, they, they score a lot of goals. So it, it, it always seems to not be a huge factor uh, for their games. But they do seem to let in goals quite often.
1: I think this is the first year that we're actually seeing a significant transition in, in the defensive line, something that we haven't seen in a very long time. Uh, we've got James Milner whenever he's actually playing as a wingback. Um, what is it? We, we've got Klein uh, sometimes playing. We've got um, Alberto Moreno who actually uh, showed up uh, this past week. Um, I would have loved to have seen Ragnar Klavan play for a little bit more than, what, three minutes? I think he barely notched in three. Um, but we don't have Jamie Carragher back there anymore. We don't have semi hippie. We don't have like that, that anchor that those guys that we can consistently count on anymore. I mean, for goodness sakes, the, the goalie, uh, we're going back and forth between Karius and minule right now. I, I, I'm not wild about Karius. I, I'm, I think I might be in a small minority with Liverpool fans that I actually am pro minule Um, I think that he's proven that he can, um, show up defensively offensively for us. I mean, carius he had a couple shaky moments there, but also some some decent saves. But that defensive line, uh, it, it's going to be a while. Uh, I give it until Christmas, until it's actually solidified. Um, I'm hoping that maybe there could be a way that we can uh, make a deal with Celtic, with Brendan Rodgers, to see if we can get Colatori back on loan. I would like that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and, and this is something that I think as long as – as long as Liverpool is scoring and they're playing offensively the way they are, it's something that Klopp can just sort of ignore. Um, and, you know, the, the question keeps coming up and he said after this game, you know, that's, that's how football should be. You cannot only win the perfect games, you have to win all other games too. And we showed a few things, which I'm really happy with. And a few things I knew before we had to work on, I'm guessing the things he had to work on were mostly defense, but yeah, it's, it's, It'll be interesting, like I said, to see as the season carries on whether or not this becomes a factor or not. Because we we mentioned to Kevin last week that, you know, Liverpool were tied at the top of the league um, on points, but uh, they're losing in terms of goal differential. And, you know, we said that <laughs> it would be the most Liverpool thing ever to end the season tied on points at the top, but lose on goal differential. Of course. But yeah we'll see if that actually happens I mean right now they're they're down four on goal differential from man City but whether or not it becomes a factor long term who knows um
1: I, I know that you have to do it on this show just to to keep you know keep tabs on on who's at the top who's second third and who who's dead last but I'm one that I can't look at the table right now I know that we're doing well because everybody keeps on talking how well Liverpool's doing right now I can't look at that table right now. I, I we've we've got m- many many games uh, ahead of us. It's w- w- whenever right now we're recording. It's November first. Yeah. So well, we've got months. We've got so many games ready. I mean, Arsenal very well could drop out of the top four. I don't think they're going to drop out of the top <laughs> four, but they could. City could still be be up there. I we don't know that.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. I have to ask you, you know, Josh and I have have made fun of them before. What are your thoughts on the neon green kits that uh, Football cool sporting? You're for <laughs> You're it. You're for it. All totally right. For it. I,
1: I, I thought it I thought they looked absolutely fantastic uh go, going up and down the field. Um personally, I'm not going to buy one. I was
2: just going to but... say. <laughs>
1: But for T V sake, I thought it looked very, very good.
2: You would think with that many goalies on the field they would have a better, you know, goal differential. That's all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Ben strutting around Highmark Stadium wearing one of those in the spring. Wouldn't miss them. Yeah. Would not miss
1: them. <laughs> so so that's gonna be my Christmas present? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all nice right. to want, thanks. Yeah. Good. Good.
0: Um I guess anything else from this game that uh, that you guys want to talk about? Any any other key points um, that you think are worth revisiting?
1: I think maybe the one thing that um, th- th- there's a note in here that you wanted me to talk about Bintake. I I thought he-, he was absolutely absent. I mean, he-, he he had some moments here and there where, where he could have made a dent, but I don't think he did very well. I I think he was kind of frozen. Uh, he knew that he needed to step up in this game and he did not live up to the potential that he should have. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of glad that he's gone personally too. Um, he didn't fit, he didn't fit very well under Klopp. Um, that was a Brendan Rodgers buy, and he was a guy that got phased out.
0: There's, I mean, so this is my first real season, like digging in and following the premier league. Um, I don't want to say ad nauseum, but you know, really watching a lot of the games, most of the games and it's it's almost staggering to see how many different players have come from Liverpool or played at Liverpool at one point in time. Um, do yeah. you think this is a case of Benteke just sort of falling off, or do you think that it was just something where this was one place where the defense kept him in check?
1: I think it might have been a combination of the two. Um, yeah, you know, we, we we talked about the the Liverpool defense, you know, having its moments, but I think you know they know how benteke plays i mean for for as long as he were for short as he was here rather um they were able to catch on some of his nuances um and i think also at the time he like i said he he just froze yeah he just froze um and th- th- this is a guy who came from a small club aston villa came up with high expectations and you know didn't Fit very well at Liverpool and did not lead up to those expectations, and then he had to be sent off to not necessarily a lesser club in Palace, but a place where he can probably grow and, and and develop a little bit more, more than he would at Villa, but not as much as he would at Liverpool because he was already expected to score twenty goals a, a season, and he definitely was not going to do that.
0: Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, it's it's one of those things too where you know you mentioned it being a, a former manager bringing him in where. You have somebody like Sturge, who we've talked about on previous shows, where the guy's a solid player. It's just if it's not part of the current system, then, oh, well. You know, sorry, you're you're out. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to him, um, you know, come transfer time as to whether or not he's still sticking around or if he goes somewhere else.
1: Depends um, on who's going to pay his medical bill.
0: Yeah. it's mm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, you know, with the win, Liverpool now in third, tied on points for the lead with City and Arsenal. Sorry, Ben, had to say it. Um, We already talked (laughs) about the goal. (laughs) Next weekend, they get Watford, um, and then we have the international break after that. Palace, uh, with their third straight loss, they fall to 12th. Next up, they get Burnley. So uh, we'll see if Palace can stop the spiral next week. Moving on, Josh, let's talk about Everton versus West Ham. Everton with a 2-0 win after being nil-nil at halftime. Um, You know, I had to go back and and look through, and I was digging through some of the news articles and Ronald Koeman's halftime talk. He basically just came out and said, I asked him at halftime exactly why are we nervous. I said, we're playing at home, and we have the support of all our fans. We know that if we work hard and press well, then we'll always get the support of the fans, and that's what you need. And then it sounds like he just sort of threw the clipboard down and walked out and... (laughs) They were like, okay. Lukaku went out and said, I'm going to score 10 minutes in. Let's do this.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Kuman. I mean, uh, he is – I still am really impressed with the way he's managing this team and seeing what Everton is now compared to what they were last year and the year before. Um, This game was nervy at first, like the first half, especially. Like it looked neck and neck the whole time. Uh, West Ham was bringing it, and it – it almost felt like we weren't at home there for a little bit during the first half, and I was kind of nervous, especially after, you know, last week's game before. So going into the halftime, yeah, knowing that Koeman did the speech and got them to get their act together. Now, even though... So even though Everton didn't look the best during that first half, they still looked competitive, and there was a lot of good there. Um, One of the things I really liked about this one, though, was seeing Barkley uh, just show up and be a presence on the field the whole time, being the, the linchpin in the middle and and obviously getting a goal at the very end there. So it it, it was all around great. Lukaku looked great. Um uh, obviously the first half wasn't the best, but overall this is exactly what I think they needed going into the next game and uh getting that uh unbeat or not losing streak, but winless streak, you know, left behind.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned, you know, that in the Liverpool game, it was clearly Coutinho pulling the strings. I thought, you know, on the opposite side of things, you had Barkley was pulling the strings for Everton. I mean, he looked solid. Like you said, he was that linchpin. And I put out on Twitter that uh, this game was on sort of as we were doing stuff around the house and in the background. and. Um. As soon as it was over, my nine-year-old just said, "All hail Lukaku," and I said, <laughs> "Yeah, that's that's about right," because um, they're going back through playing the highlights, and you see, you know, he got the goal. There was another chance where. He was basically a sitter. He was sitting right in front of the net, and the ball was just shot a little too hard right at him, and it deflected off. And my son was like, "Ah!" And then, you know, after he got the screen at that moment, yeah. but yes. <laughs> and then he got the assist on Barkley, in which case he picked up the ball deep in the corner, and he just held it, held it, held it, held it, and held it some more, and then found Barkley across the field. Which, you know, I continue to be impressed by Lukaku because the guy, like we said, is built like a linebacker. Um, but he has a lot of pace, and he has that hold up ability that just—I mean, what's—are you at all concerned that Lukaku gets hurt at some point, and then always? Where? I mean,
2: uh, with Everton, yeah, you always feel like you're one injury away from a uh, season disaster. I mean, they don't—they don't exactly have the depth of some other teams, so it is kind of you know fragile. <laughs> you're just hoping the whole time that the ship stays together and you know no boards fall off, but. This year, more so than most years, I do feel more confident in this team. And and even if a player were to get injured, we do have a little bit more depth that we can kind of fall back on. It's just not, you know, it's not like we only have Coney uh, to to sub in now like we have in the last couple of years. So that that's nice. And just the fact that the promise of Barkley is finally paying off a little bit more. It feels like it feels like this could really be a ramp up for him. He's a young player still, so he still has some time, but he's it's getting to the point where you can't say that anymore. Like he's no longer the young player, like you always say <laughs> for the last couple of years. So it's happening, I feel like. And I feel like Everton, you know, how much money and time they've invested in Barkley is is paying off.
0: Yeah. I mean in, in all honesty, they could have been up three nothing or four nothing towards the end of this game. You know, there was a late PK that should have been given in stoppage time that mm-hmm. I thought, you know was a clear PK and and it wasn't given. So yeah, I mean, to their credit, this is a case where we talked, you know, a little bit, I guess a few weeks ago when, uh, when they drew one, one with city where we talked about, you know, hunkering down and, and being a defensive squad. Now that you have Lukaku rolling and you have Barkley starting to roll, you know, they're they're I think they have a chance to, to surprise some people only five points off the leaders in first place. Is this, you know, as an Everton fan, we've talked about this before how it's it you know, you you it's very gloom and doom for Everton fans <laughs> all the time. How are you feeling 10 weeks into the season, Josh?
2: I, so I don't feel like it's gloom and doom as much as not wanting to get your hopes up. That's the thing. It, it's 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 more like like I I always think they're going to do good, but I I don't want to be like cheering for that because I'm like I don't want to get my heart broken <laughs> so just like okay it's gonna be okay you know we're doing all right we could stay top you know half of the league um I still think you know we have the squad this year we have the ability it's a tough year though everyone's looking fantastic this year um a lot more players this season as far as uh contenders for top spots than I think there has been in many years so I would be happy top six obviously round six fifth place but yeah I think we have the squad to do it so
0: what did you think of uh of Robles in goal you mentioned you know you you pulled out the Harvey Dent quote about uh Stecklenburg last week he wasn't on the field or the bench Um, yeah I
2: I still was I was actually researching it and find out like what's going on with him but uh yeah it's he was good obviously like our first clean sheet and I I feel like I should be much more happy about that that I am, because I kind of wanted it to be with Suckenberg. You know what I mean? Like I wanted that to be who got our clean sheet. So, hmm. yeah, he's good. <laughs> yeah, he's alright. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, clean sure, sheet, whatever. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I guess. Did you have any other takeaways from this game? Um, just you know, were you up and down all
2: game? Were you? It was just that first half that I felt really nervous about, and I kind of like. Uh, is this is this where the wheels fall off? You know, yeah. <laughs> as like you said, as an Everton fan, you, you kind sort of start to think like, mm, is this the, the the streak of bad luck that we're gonna have or something like that? Is this where it all starts going downhill? But that second half, which is awesome, and the fact that we didn't let it in a late goal, even if it wasn't a game winning late goal, the fact that there was that let that drop off they usually have in the last like ten minutes of the game, it didn't happen this game. So that was was nice to
0: see. Is there ever a moment as an Everton fan where you relax and you think like, "Eh, we got this. We're
2: good." I mean, if we're three up and there's only three minutes left, I'm pretty (laughs) confident at that point. But that never happened, so I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Always. Josh,
1: here's a good here's a question for you. Since you're talking how how dynamic Lukaku and how dynamic Barkley are, um, we saw John Stones make the jump from Everton to Man City what's going to hold Lukaku and Barkley back if a team like Man City or a, a team uh, of European caliber come calling in the December or the summer transfer window? What's going what's gonna to keep them there other than Coleman other than trying to build this team and trying to turn things around?
2: Uh, not a lot. I mean, honestly, that, that's something that I have to be okay with, and I think most <laughs> – Supporters of teams that are not as high up in the table have to be okay with. Like we have to realize if we get someone, you know, who's really showing how fantastic they can be, we're probably not going to be able to keep them. But uh, you know, we we sell them, we get a lot of money for them, and then we we build up the next player, and that's just kind of how it goes. And I'm okay with that, especially like I would be ecstatic to see Barkley, you know, his career go forward and get better and better, uh, kind of like another. Rooney type story, but yeah. I, it doesn't bother me as much just because I know they're here this season. <laughs> so, right.
1: yeah. I mean, Mike was talking earlier that that there's a a catalog of players that that Liverpool have that w- we'll just offload uh, players left and right. Let's look at Chelsea. Chelsea offloaded Lukaku like he was a bad habit, and somehow Everton was able to pick him up. I mean, what what is keeping Lukaku? Um, like from moving or like it seems I mean, he could move, obviously, but it seems like he's doing so well at at Everton. Why not just build the team around him?
2: Right now, I feel like they are, and they have been for the last couple of years. But this this year was the first one where we we're like, oh, we could lose him. Like that transfer window was was nervy because I was like, uh, is Lokaku leaving? <laughs> like it, yeah. it sounded like he was going to, and Same thing with I don't Bartley. know what. Yeah. I don't know what strings were pulled or what happened, but Lukaku just finally said, you know, hey, I'm staying for the season. It's like, all right. We all noticed that he said for the season, so we don't know what's going to (laughs) happen next season. But, eh, you know, you got to play by one season and hope for the best because right now he is definitely the star of this team. And... Without him, I do think we're kind of screwed. The well, one this thing
1: is- I do like though is that Everton is actually doing significantly better than they have last year. I, I one thing that I always look forward to, and I know that you probably do too, Josh, is is the Merseyside Derby.
2: Yeah, and, and this season actually feels like it could be competitive and it could be fun. Exactly, like, it's not going to be a steamroll. <laughs>
1: exactly, I love it whenever both teams go back and forth, and or as as opposed to some years whenever Liverpool would steamroll Everton. So I, I like it that both games are actually going to be a decent matchup this year. I mean, they have in the past few years, but I think like this year, these two games coming up are going to be the biggest ones yet.
2: After that 1-1 draw against City, I, I really started looking forward to the Liverpool game. Because I'm like, OK, they've played quality team now that I can you know kind of watch and see how they perform against a quality side. And I do think we can hold our own and it can be an interesting match. Yeah,
0: I can't no. wait. Well, we've we've mentioned before about uh, some home and home bar travel for uh, for those games as well. So we'll have to make sure that we get down there and check that out as well. Um, So the uh, the the loss for the Hammers in this case drops them to 16th, three points outside of the relegation zone. The win keeps Everton at sixth in the table, and as you just said, they get Chelsea next weekend at Stamford Bridge so it's not going to be yeah it's not going to be easy uh to to stay near the top for Everton but uh it's going to be fun to watch regardless the uh the next game that we got here is Chelsea versus Southampton Chelsea got the 2-0 win with goals from Azard in the sixth minute Diego Costa in the 55th um you know for me the biggest takeaway was we've talked about Southampton sort of secretly climbing the table and being a legit team and they're a legit team like they looked decent they outpossessed chelsea they had you know significantly more passes than they did unfortunately only generated one shot on courtois but yeah um you know chelsea is a legit team this was somebody that or a team that we talked a little bit about last week where they were sort of under the radar, you know. You we knew they were going to be good. We just didn't know how good. In terms of, were they going to be able to try to keep pace with the you know other top teams in the league? Right now, they're only one point back from Liverpool, Arsenal, and City, um, and they're you know four points ahead of Everton at this point. So they're they're doing their thing, um, and I thought one of the interesting things was they're becoming a team that score early. You know, most of these games that we watch, the first five to ten minutes are always just a feeling-out period. Like, I'll typically sit and take notes in five-minute chunks of a game, and I can almost always write it down. The first 15 minutes, it's like, eh, more of the same, feeling it out, back-and-forth battle. But Chelsea's become this team where, you know, this is their third league game in a row where they've scored in the first ten minutes. And if you can make that a consistent thing, that's really hard to play against when you're behind 10 minutes in, especially with a team like Chelsea, who are just going to sit back and defend and hit you on the counter. They're going to win a lot of games. So yeah, I mean, I guess that was one of my takeaways. What did you guys, did you guys have anything that you, uh, that you saw from this game um, that you want to talk about here?
1: Well, one thing is that, you know, they're starting. Chelsea are starting to adopt uh, an Italian soccer mantra that they're going to score in the first 10 minutes. They're they're going to feel it out for the remaining half. They're going to play just a little bit in the second half, and then the last 15 minutes of the game are just going to be like gangbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, and and with the exception of Diego Costa scoring in the 55th goal, 55th minute. Um, but you're you're talking how how Southampton has just been that team this the in the last few years yeah this has been a team that has been picked apart for for uh players that have been so well that that they've gone on to other clubs and josh and i are are seeing the fruits of the labor from Mane and komen this year um but this is a team that is still up there mm-hmm. um they may have the stain power right now but we saw last year that southampton slowly petered down the table just a little bit to, just to, just enough to get them into your Euro, uh europa position but still european competition i mean that, that that's no slouch um but yeah this is going to be a team that i think is going to be interesting to watch throughout the rest of the year chelsea i w- w- we we could talk about chelsea all all, like for the rest of the pod um just for how decent they've been in the last few years and they've had a coaching carousel uh the last few years as well i mean it it, it just blows my mind how, how that team can can function year to year sometimes and still pull the results in that they have um but yeah i thought this was an interesting one uh Southampton definitely had a, a, a very good chance of pulling something out but they played chelsea and Sometimes, whenever you play Chelsea, you just accept that fact.
2: Yeah, yeah. Chelsea is one of the scariest teams I think in the Premier League right now, as far as playing against. They, like you said, they, they come out so early and just just the pressure is there. There's no time to really ramp up and get used to the game. It's just they're on you right away. And and Costa and Hazard. I mean, they're they're both just so fantastic and the, the way they link up to, with each other. And I'm just blown away by their play. And there, there's a reason why. You know, I. I i've gone probably about four weeks now with uh costa as my my captain it just (laughs) you know he's gonna show up and he's gonna play so (laughs) you can rely on him yeah i think what what impresses me about azard is just the
0: fact that i I don't want to say he looks casual but he makes things look easy like that goal it was almost like there was a delayed reaction where he scored and it was just like yeah, okay. I scored. Like he sort of picked it up on the end line, does a little move and just slots it home and it it didn't even seem like the rest of the team celebrated right away. It was just like, eh, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> like he's just that good. He makes it look effortless. And I think, you know, there was a lot of hype about him coming into the the beginning of this season and it sort of teetered off a little bit, but now it seems like he's rounding in the form and with him and Costa, yeah, I mean, they're they're doing it up front. They're doing it with a back 3, um which I know is sort of a A return to form here um in terms of style of play most teams play with a four but you know they're doing with Cahill uh and David Luiz in the back and this is their fourth shutout in a row so it's like you said Josh they're a scary team right now um it's it's not as flashy as like a Liverpool but they're getting it done so it'll be very interesting to see uh, uh what Everton can do this weekend Mm, yeah. This isn't I'm, a
1: flashy I'm... Chelsea team anymore. This is more of a technical based team, and you know, we're we're used to the flashy with Didier Drogba whenever he was here, and Fernando Torres to to a certain point. As much as it pains me to say that, but <laughs> th- th- this is more of a team that is you know slowly edge the edge the ball up up the field, very pass oriented, and and Hazard's going to notch it in every now and again, and Costa's or Diego Costa's going to do the same thing. So yeah.
0: Yeah, and they've got they've got some scary depth, too. I mean, they have Oscar and they have Willian on the bench, and that's one of the things that you can't say about a lot of these teams. So, yeah, I, I think Chelsea are going to be one of those scary, fun teams to sort of keep an eye on here as the season rolls on. Um, I also
1: have to laugh that Victor <laughs> Moses is starting for them again. He, he was one of those cast-off guys that uh, Liverpool picked up on loan that he came back to Chelsea, didn't play for a while, and now he's back starting again. I think that's absolutely
2: hilarious. Yeah. No, absolutely. How many shutouts does Chelsea have now? This is
0: their fourth clean sheet in a row. Um I'm not sure how many have on the season.
2: Yeah, I am just it's crazy. Like I, I don't know. It's the exact opposite as far as what we were talking about, Liverpool. Like Chelsea's defense, you just they just close it down and no one has a chance. Yeah. Let me see here. I'm trying to pull it up real quick. I'm counting, let's see here. One, two, three, four. I think there's five on here. I, yeah, I skipped one. Yeah,
0: there's five. So they have five on the season. Five in ten weeks. They have uh, five clean sheets. So Not too shabby. Not too shabby indeed. Um, so yeah, this win you know, keeps Chelsea in fourth. As we said, only one point back from the leaders. As we mentioned, they'll get Everton next week at home at Stamford Bridge. The loss drops Southampton to ninth, hoping to pick up some points as so they travel to Hull next weekend. So yeah. Uh, so let's do this. We got a bunch of other games to talk about. So let's whip around the league here. We're going to do this rapid fire style, just like we did last week. We'll see, uh, how long it takes us to get through this so i'm gonna lead us off sunderland versus arsenal arsenal get the 4-1 win off of two braces from both Alexis and drew it was actually drew's first premier league appearance since return from injury and he scored on his first two touches of the game so first touch was a goal second touch was a goal um that looks to make an already dangerous arsenal team currently tied for first on points even more dangerous
2: josh united versus burnley go all right, for Halloween, man, you dressed up as a mid-table team, and Burnley's keeper Heaton dressed up as Jesus. The guy had 18 <laughs> saves. Fun fact, man, used 37 shots against Burnley is the most any team has had in any Premier League match since keeping records. Oh, and also, Mourinho got salty with the refs at halftime and got kicked out of the game.
0: Yeah, there were some, uh, there were some news out there about Mourinho potentially being out. We'll see uh, what yep. uh, what comes from that. Ah. Ben, Middlesbrough versus Bournemouth, go.
1: Uh, Bournemouth uh, get their four-game unbeaten streak snapped. They lost 2-0. Goals came from Gaston Ramirez and another Liverpool cast off Stuart Downing. (laughs) Uh, The Jack Wilshere saga for uh, Bournemouth continues. Uh, Mob gave him a rating of 7.4 for this match, uh, which is relatively no slouch for him recently. 77% of his passes were successful, uh, but he had no shots, so there's that.
0: (laughs) Spurs versus Leicester. The curse of, I guess, me continues as Spurs drew 1 <laughs> 1 with the Foxes. The Spurs remain unbeaten, but they were only able to score after Robert Huth brought Vincent Jansen down in the box, earning himself a PK. This now marks Tottenham's third draw in a row since I announced my support for them,
2: so maybe I should stop doing that. Josh, Watchford versus Hull. Not wanting to sully their losing streak, Hall City scored an own goal to lose the match in the 82nd minutes. Hall has now gone eight games without a win, which is kind of impressive if you think about it. We were talking about them like, hey, could they be Leicester this year? No, <laughs> no, they can't.
1: Ben, West Brom versus City. Yay, my second favorite team in the Premier League. Uh, Aguero City? and Gudongan. Yeah, what? no. <laughs> Gosh, no are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> boing, boing, baggies go. Aguero and Gudongan get two goals to down the baggies for nothing at the Hawthorns. Unfortunately, uh, Rondon and Macaulay had some flashes of brilliance, but there was nothing that could be done. Uh, man of the match obviously went to Aguero just for what he was capable of doing. Bum of the match for West Brom was Jonas Olsen right in front of Aguero for both of his goals. Couldn't do a thing. Get him out of there.
0: Bum of the match. I love it. Bum of the match. <laughs> Stoke versus Swansea. Last one. Uh, a Wilford Boney brace and an own goal help Stoke sink Swansea's chances for points in a 3 1 loss. The next four games look brutal for Bob, for Bob Bradley's men. Come on, Bob. Yeah. Well, Stoke <laughs> have quickly jumped to 12th in the table and have fixtures ahead that can propel him even higher. I remember we were talking about Stoke being dead last, and now look at them. 12.
1: did bob make the uh the change from sweatpants to suits he
0: did yeah, yeah. because that's why. <laughs>
1: that's why needs to bring out his sunday best
2: come on yeah. still looking all in black though so you know he's, he's oh, he looks good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's
0: it's gonna be an uphill battle we'll we'll see fingers crossed for bob bradley let's uh let's talk a little bit about fantasy um in terms of you know just players in players out I made two moves this week, which, you know, I'm always torn about making uh, single moves when I know that I can save them up and and get two moves in one week. Um, But it also makes me really giddy, and I'm probably the most impatient fantasy owner out there. Uh, Like, I know I should probably wait until later this week to make a move. But no, it was like Sunday. I'm like, I'm doing it now, making moves. (laughs) Gotta get these players out. So I made two moves this week. My defense is hurting, so I brought in Mustafi, since Arsenal have a solid run of fixtures coming up. And in order to free up some calf space, I had to ship Sun out and brought in Balassi in his place. Which we'll see. Considering you know they're going up against Chelsea this week. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I still have Kyle Walker in defense for Spurs, so I don't feel like I completely abandoned Tottenham. Josh, any any sort of moves on your side or anything that you're Um, thinking about doing?
2: Did Did I mention on the podcast that I got rid of Sultan?
0: Uh, I no. I think you were thinking about it, but I don't know if you did. Okay,
2: yeah. I, I finally gave him the boot. Uh, and used that cash to get myself an Arsenal defender because you know you you need one of those yeah. <laughs> with all those clean sheets. Um, and then also I picked up Austin to take uh, uh Zoltan's spot a, a little bit cheaper than Zoltan that's six point five mil. Uh, so that left me some cash and i still i'm sitting on 3.6 mil in the bank and i'm building up two transfers so i can make some other changes here nice ben are you a fantasy guy
1: i have every intention of playing fantasy at the beginning of the the season (laughs) i draft my team i try to hook up with a league or two and then i forget about it (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. You know, part of the reason why I'm still in this is because we talk about it on the show every week. So I'm like, oh, I got it. I have to. I have to. I have to focus on it. Otherwise, oddly
1: enough, there was one year that I was hooked up in the fantasy league for a Piper's Pub, mm-hmm. and I didn't touch my team for months. And then I get a Facebook notification from Piper's to say that I won the month. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That makes everyone else feel so terrible. By the way, so so,
1: I w- yeah. so not only was I dumbfounded that I won, but I was also happy because I picked up a
2: gift card. So life was good. Hyper's gift card, nothing better. Yeah, Ew, absolutely not. Does it yeah. work at the Chip Shop? I hope so. Um, that was actually pre Chip Shop. I figured it was. Yeah, I was gonna say showing s- my age there. No, just you know, it's a newer store. I just assumed. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Speaking of nothing better, we had talked uh, on the last show about it uh being Josh's wife Liz's birthday. Well, she got a a great gift this week. Uh she ended up beating Kev 47 to 43, so only by 4 points. Just squeaked it out there. But she walked she walked away with a win and you know, when now that we look at the standings, Liz is now in 3rd, Josh is in 2nd, setting oh. up an epic battle this week as yep. you two go head to head what's What's it gonna be like in your household this week, Josh? Uh,
2: it's not gonna be fun <laughs> already every week when we're watching a game, she's like, I have him the, the, the guy I'm playing against has this guy, so you're not allowed to root for him. I'm like, but he he's my captain. <laughs> it's like, no, you can't root for him if he scores, I lose <laughs>
0: so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you take a stance here. who's gonna win this week between
2: you and your wife? Oh, it's obviously gonna be me. I mean, come on. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm waiting for Twitter to explode here as soon as this goes live. Liz's, it probably will. Lizzie yeah. come it's, out swinging.
2: And I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but I played Willie Hunt this week and sixty to sixty nine, Willie Hunt beat me. Wow. So sad. So sad. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. Willie Willie's been on a bit of a slide, but now he's uh he's climbing his way back up. Willie the uh the dedicated uh FPL player, so uh, yeah, we'll see how how things shake out for him as
2: well. I think the week before he got like twenty six points, and then this week he gets sixty nine. Come on, don't call it a comeback. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's one of those things where it just seems like it's points are constantly all over the place. You know, had I had I captain Aguero this week, you know, I would have been close to a hundred. Um, but uh, yeah, things just last week josh i had like 20 so don't worry (laughs) it's all over the place you know the average for our league is currently in seventh place um with 460 points so granted we're playing in a head-to-head league so that skews things a little bit but uh yeah but yeah so uh, we're still having a lot of fun um and uh yeah everybody can jump over to the uh to the mongol site and you guys can take a look and see see how things are shaking out there fantasy wise um I wanted to mention real quick, the EPL Supporters Tournament is this weekend. So John Battersby has been sending around a bunch of stuff. It's going to be Sunday at Cole Springs. It's going to be awesome. Um, I, I'm playing for Spurs. I've mentioned this before. Uh, I will make sure that we have an update on next week's show. I'll see if I can get some audio. Um, awesome. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a blast. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the fact that it basically starts at two and it's going to be done by five. It's like 20 minute games. So you go in, you get your job done and you get out. Um, which is great considering that I haven't really run in like years. So we'll see how that goes.
1: Josh, you bring in the orange slices.
0: <laughs> I can't run for three minutes. So I, I
2: opted out. <laughs>
0: We'll just have you stand there with the Gatorade, just waiting yeah. after every game. I just, just want
2: to dump it on someone who's, <laughs> who's, who's winning. <laughs>
0: um, I think that's pretty much it for this show. Ben, thanks again for joining us, man, and, and for coming out of retirement. Um, it's a oh, pleasure.
1: boy. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to keep the, uh, the microphone up here for, uh, for the time being. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope I uh, kept Kevin's uh, seat warm enough for him.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And you didn't drone on, you know, ad nauseum about Liverpool, so we appreciate oh, that. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> but, yeah, so, Ben, thanks for joining us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. We do have a big, I and mean, you know, a big capital letters, big announcement coming in the next few days, so keep an eye out for the website, mongols.com, and on social media. It's something we think everybody is really going to like. Otherwise josh ben thanks again i'm mike thanks everybody we'll talk to you real soon
2: later